What is up, everybody, to the nations worldwide? This is episode 78 of the Travel Couple Podcast, where we introduce you to couple travelers who offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money, living that travel lifestyle. We're your hosts, Mike Pletz and... Natalie. Tune in every Wednesday as we interview couples living a travel lifestyle, get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other, and listen how others are struggling and thriving in their personal and business lives while traveling the world. This is your one-stop podcast for travel, relationship, and business goals. In this episode, we are joined by Emmy and Johan of With Salty Passports. They are a Swedish travel couple who left for an Australian road trip. We talk with them today about leaving for Australia and road tripping around the country while documenting their travels on Instagram. So without further ado, here's our interview with Emmy and Johan. Today, we are joined by Emmy and Johan. They are the travel couple behind the Instagram account with Salty Passports. They left Sweden to travel the world together and are currently driving around Australia. You can follow their trip on their Instagram at with Salty Passports. Hello, Emmy and Johan, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us here, guys. Let's just get started to get to know a little bit more about the two of you and maybe give us a little background story about how the two of you met. So Emmy is actually a bit um, embarrassed by it, but we met online while we were both uh, living down in, in Malmö, southern Sweden. Gotcha. And we hear that so often on our podcast with other couples, uh, especially nowadays, it's, it's definitely more prevalent. So did you guys, when you first met, did you guys bond over a love of travel or how did, you know, how did travel kind of enter your lives together? Well, MS just got home from a, a long trip overseas in, in the US. Uh, I haven't, hadn't been traveling for for quite some time. I, I just moved down to, to Malmö for work. So we were both kind of settling into more of the work working life routine. Um, but in the back of our heads, we, we had this, this nagging about the best part of our lives has been our previous long trips abroad. Mm-hmm. And and did you so when you two met, did you both share this love of travel, or did one kind of rub off on the other and kind of influence the other person? No, definitely both of us. Like I did a long stint in um, in Southeast in Australia, Southeast uh, Asia, uh, where I spent six months by myself, just traveling around Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, Malaysia, and Emmy. I did kind of the same trip uh, a few years later. Um, I went to Thailand, Malaysia, and Cambodia. And I also, I have also been working as an au pair in the US for a year. Yeah, so like we both knew that we liked to travel. And like our first trip abroad together was to, uh, to Mexico, actually. Awesome. So whose idea was it to go on this current trip that you two find yourselves on? Well, we kind of just, it kind of just happened actually, because um, we got invited to a friend's wedding in in Melbourne, in Australia. And we were in a mindset where we would like to see more of the world. And with the wedding invitation, it kind of kicked off and we started looking for ways how to loosen the ties a bit to Sweden and our current lives and how to, to be able to be away for a longer time. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I want to start talking to you about your travels together. 
But before I jump in about talking about your travels, I want to ask you to a question that I ask every couple that comes on the show. Now, it's a simple two-word question, but for so many couples, it has such a complex response. And that is, why travel? Why do the two of you travel? Sitting home is just not enough for us. Like, Sweden is an awesome country. We've got free healthcare. We've got um, free school system. But it's too cold, to be honest. Uh, we're, we're losing out six, six months out of the year. It's just people lock their doors, go inside, and, and become a bit antisocial, to be honest. Um, our current trip is to try and find a better place to live, uh, a place which has also a very high standard of living, but with some palm trees. Gotcha. So is this is this what you two are kind of after in your travels? Because I know you mentioned you kind of traveled through both each of you both uh, traveled kind of through Southeast Asia. Are you guys more of a, a beach uh, pursuer, or do you also enjoy uh, you know the climate of Sweden in the winter times? I don't really like snow at all, to be honest. I'm always freezing, so. I mean, we do enjoy like the mountains and everything, but I would say that we are more beach persons. Definitely more beach persons, yeah. I've, I've celebrated so many Christmases, so many New Year's on the beach, and it, it beats the cold every single time. Nice, nice. Now, where were the two of you last? Where are you right now? And I know we've talked about Australia. And then where are you going to be traveling to next? So right now we are in Australia. We have been here for the past one and a half years. Uh, we're going to stay in Australia until March next year. Uh, before this, we went to Spain and Morocco. Uh, we went to Thailand before coming to Australia. And next up, we have very loose plans, but our dream plan is to go to Indonesia, Philippines, uh, India, Sri Lanka, and then spend a summer in Europe before we are heading to uh, South America. I mean, we can go on and on and just rambling through every country on earth in, in this fashion, uh, if you like. But yeah, our idea is to keep on traveling. Amazing, amazing. And what are you two doing in Australia right now? Uh, are you guys, you know, I, I know you're on a little bit of a road trip, but you're, you're there for so long. Uh, do you guys have working visas there? Are you, are you working while you're there? What are you doing? So we got to Australia on a working holiday visa, which allowed us to be in Australia, both for work and holiday, uh, for up to a year. Uh, we managed to prolong this for another year, so we're currently on our second uh, second working holiday year we're trying to spend as much time as possibly traveling and we are currently on our second trip around australia our second car and and second route um we alternate this with uh, some work so for the past one and a half years i think we worked for for five or six months total um so currently we're in the cycle of a few months of work where we staying in this uh, very small town in the middle of nowhere. 
Amazing. Yeah, we interviewed a, an American couple that did something very similar to what you two are doing. Now, is this is this something that's popular in Sweden to to go over to Australia for, with this working visa, or is it a little bit more difficult to do? The process itself is very simple, and I I think a Swedish passport goes a long way if you want to get into a lot of countries. Uh, but we don't really meet that many Swedish people over here. Uh, it's it's mostly, say, French people, German, a few other European countries, but hardly any Swedish people at all. Interesting. That's uh, so. Continuing with your, what you guys are going to be traveling to next, and all your travels that you got planned coming up. Uh, I, I know you're you're in Australia for a little bit longer here, but. Are you guys going to continue this kind of working visa, going to different countries, or are you just uh, are you ready to just move on from the working visa and just travel? The plan is to just travel. Uh, I don't. We haven't looked into it yet, but I think like getting working holiday visas or something similar is much more difficult in those countries that we want to visit. Um, so I think we just kind of, yeah, continue traveling. Awesome, awesome. Now, with travel comes so many different experiences that you have together. I want to get into some of these experiences with the two of you, talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. And I want to start with traveling together. What has been the most rewarding experience that you guys have had? That experience that maybe really opened up your eyes to, you know, really loving a certain destination or a really nice experience with a local or, you know, something that just made you, blew your mind away of how amazing it was. Do you have an experience like that you'd want to share with us? Well, two of them for for specifically Australia would be, number one, the people in Australia is so helpful, like to a ridiculous level. Uh, every time we open up the hood of the car for for anything simple, we need to top up our cooler or just check something. Every single time, an Australian is bound to stop, ask us if we we're okay, and won't leave until he is sure that we'll, we'll uh, make do ourselves. We had this experience in uh, in our last trip when we were traveling around Australia in a van where the van broke down and we got we got towed. So when talking to mechanic, he invited us back to his place. Uh, we had his spare guest room. Uh, he cooked for us, tried to cater for our vegan diet, we had beers out of his veranda. So incredibly helpful, every single Australian we met. That's incredible. And it's it's always nice to have those amazing interactions with the the locals that you that you meet along your way uh it really makes you fall in a love fall in love with a place even more yeah definitely definitely and that's what we found here here in australia so that was number one the uh, the australian people and the, the second thing from australia that really got our hearts is the the australian animals yeah and all the kangaroos so we have we have been meeting a lot of kangaroos on our trip, uh, both like wild kangaroos, but also like animal sanctuaries where we have been feeding like baby kangaroos from bottles. Um, that has been a real cool experience since it is such an like an Australian experience. 
For sure. I've always wanted to see kangaroos too. And I heard, I heard somewhere that kangaroos outnumber actual Australians in Australia, which is, uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but really interesting. I'm, I'm quite sure that it's true. Actually, there's so many, there's like for some stretches that we drive for hours and hours and then we don't see a single person, but we see a few hundred kangaroos so yeah definitely there's probably more kangaroos than people in this country amazing now i want to turn this into another direction and ask you too about an awkward and embarrassing or a hilarious travel experience that you've had together i know with travel comes these times that maybe are really funny or maybe you can look back on it and it's really funny do you have an experience like this that you'd want to share with us we all like to think that we're doing this epic and and very unique journey but it, it turns out quite a few people are also doing kind of the same exact trip as as we're doing it and going to the same exact places that we managed to scout up so we had this one experience in in south australia where we we went to some some cliffs take a few nice pictures rigging out our camera the usual stuff there was a couple there doing basically the same thing. We didn't think more of that. And the next day, we a bit awkwardly bump into the same people, the same couple at another location that we we're also taking pictures at. And you don't really know when to like start chatting to people. So like the second time, we might just like, oh, hi, there are you again. And then it happened again. And then it happened Again. So eventually, like, all of us are like, hey, you guys following us? But we, we turned that into a, a really good friendship and we're still in contact with these, with these guys. It, uh, it really kicked off after we, we, uh, we done a photo shoot together and basically saying, all right, goodbye. We'll, we'll keep in touch. And an hour later, we're ending up doing our laundry at the exact same place. Yeah, that's really interesting, and it's it's funny how small this world is, and when you, you see somebody and you recognize them again, how much in common you can definitely have with, with another person, and it can build this lasting relationship that you guys can have together for sure. Yeah, definitely. Now, turning in this one last direction, I want to know if you guys have a really bad experience you'd want to share because travel isn't always, you know, positive and great times. There's also going to be times that are problems that you need to solve together. Do you have do you have a really bad experience or the worst travel experience you'd want to share with us? Um, we would say that we have like two things. Um, that's I don't want to say common in our travels, but it kind of is. So one thing is the car. Every time it breaks down. It's terrifying, really, because the car is more than just a vehicle for us. It's it's also our home. And if, if that one breaks down, we don't have anywhere to sleep. We can't, like, foresee the, the immediate future. So we really try to take care of our car, but a few times it has broken down and it's it makes our heart races. And the only thing we can do about it is to have like a good insurance so we can get help when we need it and just keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, and uh, so far so good. And the second one is like all the gear. Since we are taking photos for our Instagram, we have a camera, we have a drone, we have the phones. Yeah, a lot of things. And... 
one time we were doing a collaboration with a company and we were going to take a shoot and we decided to head down to a Yeti. And at that time we didn't have a proper camera. So we just set up my new iPhone on the tripod. We were sitting down at the Yeti and suddenly we both felt the tripod hitting our back, backs. And we saw the tripod diving into the water and somehow the phone came off from the tripod and both of them went down into the water. Oh no. So Johan was diving in with all his clothes trying to get them and there was high tide. The water was really murky and we were in an area in Australia where there can be crocs. So... I was sitting like on the jetty crying so much because not just because of the phone, but also because I was so afraid that Johan will be caught by a crocodile. You know, it's really if there is crocodiles in the water, you shouldn't go in. And I just felt like it is such a stupid thing of us to trying to catch the phone. But at the same time, I was really sad because of the phone. Right, right. Yeah, and that's that's such a an interesting situation to, to be in for sure. And I think crocodiles are up there with the an animal that I, I fear the most. So I don't know what I would do in that situation for sure. Yeah, for, for me, it was just instinct. I, I saw the phone falling into the water and just jumped out in afterward. Uh, turns out after speaking to a few locals, people do swim and there there is not really any sign of crocodiles at that place. So it was all good. <laughs> gotcha. Now, especially being on a road trip together and, you know, you're driving quite a bit. And especially in Australia where there could be times where there's, you know, nobody for, for miles upon miles. Do you guys have any advice or any tips in regards to taking a long road trip, maybe even specifically in Australia and how you prepare for a road trip? And I know you mentioned insurance. Like, what what goes through your mind before you take off on a on a road trip in Australia? So definitely some kind of road assistance program. Uh, it doesn't cost a lot, but it helps so much just to be able to like. I have no idea whatsoever how to fix a car. Emmy does neither, and just know that there is a number that you could actually call, and they will come and tow the car. Uh, within a certain mileage for free and and then you can start thinking about the repairs and whatever is wrong with it so definitely some kind of road assist program is a must and to be honest as long as you stay to the well-traveled roads like there is always gonna be someone there eventually like you wouldn't have to wait more than a few hours until someone will show up for sure and and once you have, like, even if you have zero cell phone reception, which is very common here, like, you will be you will be able to have someone take you into town or to phone someone up on their on their radio. Things will get solved as long as you keep to the well-traveled road. If you're getting off-road, if you're gonna do some of the treks that are really really remote, which you also can do in Australia, where like people don't pass for days take an Australian with you, <laughs> like find someone with good road drive experience, with good mechanical experience and don't do those things yourself. And 
like I, I was going into be the Australian people being very helpful in situations like they can even be so keen on on helping you they're almost hoping for you to get bugged <laughs> we we had this experience when we we're uh, out with a few Australians and going to a fishing spot and we we passed over a creek full of mud and they were actually saying all right let's have some fun hope someone gets stuck so we can pull them out again things are going to sort itself out but just bring us to it <laughs> that's excellent excellent advice and I like to talk to you guys about the experiences that the two of you have been on together to kind of get a sense of everything that you've been through as a couple because we really feel that travel has a major impact, a major effect on your relationship. Can you guys talk about maybe how traveling has affected your relationship together and in what aspects maybe it has affected your relationship? Well, traveling together as a couple has definitely brought us closer together. Well, especially living in a car together, there is zero privacy. So it kind of forces you together and it tests your relationship in that way. It also gives you a better understanding of, of each other and, and see how you react in, in new and different situations. Um, so for us, it's been really good to travel together as a couple. And with that said, it takes you through some challenging scenarios, which is also when you grow as a couple. Yeah, absolutely. And it's through those challenges and how you two get to get to get past them as a couple is what I, I feel really helps build your relationship through travel and through all the challenges that travel will throw at you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like we've, we've had quite a few times where we get annoyed with each other and we don't like each other for an hour or two. And to be able to see that it's not about you, it's not personal, it's about all those external stuff going on. We might be too hot, too bored, too stressed out, too many flies, too many mosquito bites. And whatever aggression, aggression is coming out, it's not really directed towards you, but you're the only person within a few hundred miles to scream at. So that's the person you take your anger out of. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes it's just the scenario and not not necessarily the other person. It's just they're the person that you can vent to and get your frustrations out. And speaking about that and speaking about, you know, being in a car together for probably hours on end at times... Uh, do you two have a, a technique or, or maybe something you do if you do find that you are arguing or something is bothering you? I know other couples that we've interviewed that go on road trips together, they, they'll take time kind of away from each other for an hour or so to kind of calm themselves down before they can talk to each other again. Uh, we have, we've had couples say that, you know, they schedule time for themselves so that they're, they're not, you know, with the other person 24 seven. Do you guys practice any of these things or do you have another technique that you guys kind of use to, uh, kind of refresh yourselves? Well, we do have this one rule that we're sometimes managed to follow, sometimes not where we say, all right, if, if you're angry, you're allowed to be angry for an hour. 
But after that, you have to let it go. You got 60 minutes of, of being pissed off for this small thing. After that, let it go and hey, let's go do something else. I really love that rule, especially when you're traveling and especially for couples that aren't, you know, long term traveling. They've just got time for a short trip. Just keeping it to, you know what, you can be angry, sure, but you can only be angry for this amount of time because we have to get moving and we have to enjoy our time together and make these memories. I really love that. And I want to talk to you guys about a little bit more about road tripping, uh, but more so about what goes into planning your road trip, what goes into planning your travels, including planning the itinerary, planning your accommodation, where you're going to stay, and even driving. Emmy, can you can you dive in a little bit on like how you guys split this role up uh, uh, and who plans what and who drives? How do you guys tackle this together? I would say that I am the person in our relationship um, that plans like 100% of all the things you just said. Uh, I am a kind of a control freak and I want to make sure that we don't miss out of anything. So I'm doing all the planning, basically. So for all the things that we want to see, I always use like Instagram and for like inspiration. And then I use Google Maps to just pin out all the things we want to see. And that makes kind of the route that we want to that we want to drive. I would say that we are pretty spontaneous when you're thinking about like places to stay Normally, we just look into that like one hour before we want to stop. And there is a lot of good apps here in Australia that you can use because we always do like free camping. We don't want to pay for the camping for the camp. And that is Wikicams or Campermate. So you can just use this app to see where you are allowed to free camp, basically. And... When we don't want to drive anymore, we just look at the app and choose a place that sounds nice. I love uh, I love the idea of these apps and, and just finding a place that you can camp for the night. And uh, is it has it been fairly easy to find a place? Have you ever been in a situation where it's difficult and you know you have to drive maybe a few more hours to get to a place, but maybe you want to camp somewhere right away? Have you ever run into that situation, or is it pretty readily available? Is it is it pretty easy to find a campsite where you need it? It's pretty easy to find a camp when you need it. There is a lot of camps, but there is there can be harder to find like a good free camp and by good we mean like we sometimes we need reception because we're both working remote um we don't want to stop just beside the road it would be nice if there is like a lake or um yeah something like that just close to the water but sometimes you don't find that and then we have to drive like one or two hours longer than we that we wanted to But sometimes if we don't want to drive, we can just drive for a little bit longer. And there is always like a road stop or something. They are usually really boring, but at least they are there. And we don't have to drive if we don't want to. So I would say it's pretty easy to find free camps. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, do you two have any more advice you'd want to share Uh, With a couple that maybe wants to go on a road trip through Australia, do you have any more advice in terms of their relationship 
anything that they uh they should you know focus on when they're traveling together and maybe work towards in terms of bettering their relationship i think it's really helpful to have a a common hobby um for us that has been like a point of of growing together instead of growing in different directions so for one we're now sharing this passion of photography and and keeping our instagram um full of of nice pictures and we've also started practicing acro yoga which has been so much fun so many failures so many uh, falls and and so many laughters Gotcha, gotcha. Really nice. And it's always nice to share hobbies, you know, outside of the obvious, you know, love of travel, right? So being able to have these activities and these hobbies that you can bond over even further is so important. Which brings me to everything that you guys have got going online over there at with salty passports and your instagram account and what you're doing with it and i want to dive right into this but first i want to ask where did the name with salty passports come from that's a good question first of all the account was just my private account and i we started or i started to share pictures from our travels from our first trip um and the account just started to grow and now on our second trip around australia we decided to like do something together since it was growing and when we had like six thousand followers i think we changed the name to with salty passports and i think it was very fitting for us like passport showing the the love of travel and, and taking us to new destinations um the the salty for us is like not the clean way of traveling but just to get out there in the bush out in salt water and for us it's it's a more of adventurous kind of of traveling very nice. I, I love the name. And when was it? I know you mentioned about, um, you know, that, that 6,000 mark where you guys realized like something is, is happening here with the, with the Instagram channel. What was it about that kind of point that made you guys think that, you know, you guys have this momentum and, uh, you know, you, you thought of the name with Salty Passports and to go into this direction of kind of documenting your travels together with it. What, what was it about that point that made you guys want to focus more on it? Well, at that stage, we had been in Australia for about a year and we realized we did not have any plans at all to go back home to Sweden. Uh, we really wanted to pursue this, this love of traveling and keep on traveling. And like Emma was saying before, we we're both working remote. Um, so we are starting to build like some income that, that does not depend on us stopping to work in a certain place. And for, for us, building our Instagram was also a way of, of maybe realizing that dream trip that we was talking about before to be able to go to Bali and continue to Philippines and continue to, India and Nepal and Sri Lanka and Europe, being able to build Instagram as a profitable channel for us could actually help us realize that. And 
we gotten that feedback from our followers that that they were loving the kind of content that we we were putting up. So we just wanted to put up more of that, keep on inspiring people, but also be able to build this into something that helped us keep on traveling. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people don't realize how much work, how much effort goes into an Instagram account with with all the beautiful photography that you guys have got up on there and the stories that you share and just being able to network and, and talk with your audience and network with other travelers as well. It's a lot of effort. How, how do you guys go about splitting that up between the two of you? Like who takes the photographs? Who does the posting? Who does the engagement? Do you guys kind of split up these tasks? Uh, yes, we do. So we both are taking the photographs we are always both of us are always like in the picture so we're always using our tripod and the camera we put it on time lapse and we do our thing so that's a thing we do together but then i i am always the person who put put up the post um i do all the like hashtags and tagging people and all that and johan is always writing the caption and not to mention um, emma is always doing all the editing she's uh, she's a light lightroom master for um <laughs> uh, taking our pictures to the next level yeah and johan you are always doing like all the business inquiries as well yeah so whenever a brand or collaboration reaches out to us i'm the one who's who's tackling that and and gets that collaboration going. Amazing. And do you two have any advice uh, that, you know, somebody just starting out on Instagram who really wants to dive deep into growing their audience, do you have any advice on how they can, you know, get themselves started with that? Because I find with, with any social media channel or starting your blog and just trying to get that first little bit of traction where people are starting to notice you and starting to follow along more with you is the most difficult part. Do you have any advice in terms of kind of getting started on your Instagram and, and growing it? You were mentioning engagement before. And for us, finding the the traveler community, but also the the travel couple community has been really helpful, both being inspired by other people and seeing what they're doing uh, in terms of their photography style and their their destinations, as well as a prime source for uh, for people who will be uh, interested and engage with your content. So reaching out, engaging with other people, and and starting that dialogue to be part. To be part of the community instead of being by yourself, I think is really helpful. Yeah, and there is a lot of competition on Instagram. There is a lot of accounts out there. And I think that you have to find your niche and just stick to it. And just like continue. Just if you enjoy it, just keep on doing the create content, do what you're good at, find your niche, stick to it and Hopefully, it will reward you. Excellent, excellent advice, you two. And I want to ask you, on your Instagram bio, it says vegan, vegetarian. 
how difficult is it to be a vegan, to be a vegetarian when on the road? What difficulties have you guys come across, especially when traveling Australia? Has it been difficult at times? Well, we actually started our veganism on on the road in Australia. Um, so all we ever have known is actually how to do it on the road. And to begin with, yes, it was very hard. We would think about a dish like, oh, all right, we can eat this before realizing, oh, it's got egg in it or it's got milk in it. But now that we kind of figured out what we can eat uh, on the, a vegan diet and and how to eat, we it's much easier. We got a great cookbook as well, which helps us come up with uh, nutritious recipes uh, for us. We uh, we actually just recently changed our, our profile from saying just vegan to vegan slash vegetarian because cheese. Cheese, <laughs> for sure. Yes, absolutely. And what was it that made you guys kind of make this this shift, especially when you're on the road? Sometimes it's just so hard to find something to eat. I mean, like almost all of the food we eat, we cook ourselves, and that makes it easier. But both of us are working remote. So I'm working for a Swedish company, and Johan, he's has his own company in Sweden, we do need a few days to sit down in a cafe or something and just do a lot of work. And on a lot of these places, you don't find anything vegan. And sitting like a whole day working without eating anything is not good. So sometimes we just have to like eat something with a little bit of cheese or butter or whatever it is but let's also get into um like how we got into it when we started it was actually for practical reasons we uh, didn't have a, a working fridge in our car and we had no way of actually storing meat uh so we said all right let's let's try it let's try to go vegan for some time an experiment and as we were doing so we started watching some documentaries about the positive sides of of veganism and what's happening in your body and also like what happens to the animals in the animal industry. We eventually worked on a cattle farm up in Queensland, which was great. The the farm was really nice to the animals, but then again, we did not enjoy part of that making us staying away from meat for, for longer. Yeah, and I would say that we eat like... 90, 95% vegan and the rest 5, 10% vegetarian. Now, I want to ask you to, wrapping this interview up, I want to ask you to one last question and take your time thinking about this because I want to ask you guys, you know, what is one thing you wish you had known before starting this sort of travel lifestyle or one thing that you know now that you wish you would have known before starting this road trip through Australia and, and or even starting your Instagram account? What is that one thing that you'd wish you'd known from the very beginning? So one thing we would have liked to know before starting doing our Instagram together is how much time it takes. Like you, you were saying before, going into... Uh, taking photos, editing photos, posting them online, engaging with your audience. It's hours upon hours. Just just for a single post, 
we can definitely count a few hours on on each individual post on our Instagram, and there's a few hundred up there right now. Um, and with that said, you have to enjoy what you are doing. Yeah, like what we're trying to do is build a lifestyle that we are enjoying and doing the photography, doing the editing, like being happy with the creative work that we're doing. That's something that gives us so much joy. And if you don't like that, do something else. Um, You're going to have to put so much time and effort into it. If you really love it, if you like what you're doing, be prepared and put some more time into what you are enjoying. If you're not enjoying it, get out and go do something else. And that is a perfect way to end the interview. And there you have it, Emmy and Johan sharing their travel stories with you today on the To The Nations Worldwide Travel Couple podcast. I want to say a very special thank you to our guests. Thank you so much, guys, for taking the time out of your day and joining us here. No, thanks for having us. And I just want to give you to the floor, let our audience know where they can check you out online. What's the best way to reach out to you and anything else you want to leave them with? Yes. So we put up all our work on our Instagram account uh, at with salty passports. Uh, if you do like the kind of um, creative work we put out, just send us a message. We really appreciate people's feedback. Like I said, we put some really hard effort into everything that we put down up on our Instagram. So uh, all comments, DMs are really appreciated. Thank you to all of our listeners out there, to the nations worldwide. We cannot express our appreciation enough for having you listen to today's episode. Visit us at travelcouplepodcast.com slash 78. That's this episode, episode number 78's show notes page. And learn more about what Emmy and Johan have got going on over there at With Salty Passports. Leave a comment on the page. Let us know about your road trip and if you've road tripped through Australia before, how that went. We'll be sure to get back to you. And if you'd be so kind, please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. This really helps us get this podcast out there and into other people's ears and to continue to get travel couples on this podcast. This is Mike Pletz and Natalie. Hoping you have a wonderful adventure to the nations worldwide.